poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. I am once again joined by my co-host for this very tactical day, John. How are you doing, sir? Doing well. How's it going, Brad? It's going quite well. I can't complain. Gearing up for Christmas and the new year and all the things got some christmas colors in in this hand history yeah we do actually see it's perfect perfectly themed um these hands are going to come from the village so greatnessvillage.com we asked the community to share some hands and then we chose uh two of those hands to break down here on tactical tuesday um one of the villagers who gave a bunch of hands in their punt watch renee we did not end up choosing one of your hands. However, I did realize after the fact in my expressing thankfulness and gratitude for all the people involved in CPG that I did not thank Renee, who's just incredible, incredible at um, audio, like audio engineering. He is the one who has made all the trailers and the ads and the intro and the outro. So just many, many thanks to Renee for all the things that he's done for this podcast over the last year. I appreciate it, but your hands didn't make the cut, buddy. (laughs) To be fair, they were in his punt watch um, that uh, he posted a bunch of hands coming off the Ginch Poker episode where he was finding hands where he thought he might, might have punted. So, yeah. All right. So with that said, the hand that we did choose was submitted by Danny Hanachak, who has been on the CPG Villager episode. Um, he looks like he's playing, I believe this hand is 500 no limit on ignition. John, do you want to break this hand down? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we don't have the lines that he's playing, but I think he does play 500 NL, so you're probably right. Starts with the fish, half stack, limping under the gun. Danny ISOs the 8-8 to 5 big blinds on the button and the villain in the big blind calls. The fish who limps under the gun also calls. We don't have any stats on the villain in the big blind. Um, Pretty good flop though. Queen 8 deuce 2 tone. Flop middle set. Multi-way pot in position. Doesn't get much better than that. And Danny starts out with the one-third pot C-bet. I think that's completely fine and probably the standard play in in this situation. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, do you have anything to add? This everything looks good to me so far. Yeah, I mean, we, we could bet half pot on the flop, like maybe yeah. maybe half pot. Maybe um, Danny's like ISO sizing pre is like also. I don't know. It's a little large. It's it's larger than what I I I, I ISO to. I usually ISO to three and a half or four big blinds. Um, yeah, we're five is hairs. a little big, but whatever. We're splitting yeah. hairs at this point. I, yeah, 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 yeah. There's I, I can't. Can't fault Danny for anything he's done so far. Yeah, I agree. Just like, all right, we're here. Just looking for <laughs> looking for places to 
point little things out. Um, yeah, so it goes bet, call, call. Seven of diamonds on the turn, which completes the front door flush. Um, I think both villains check to Danny. There's 30 big blinds in the middle. I think this is actually, this is probably the most interesting part of the hand for me is this spot. You have a really strong hand, but not a flush on a flush completing turn. Which hands you bet on the turn that aren't flushes? Should you bet any hands that aren't flushes? Um, if you bet, like, what size do you go? Uh, I think this is, becomes, like, especially complicated because it's multi-way now and it's not just heads up. Um, but, yeah, I think this is sort of the juicy part of the hand. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky. Like, it, it's quite tricky. There's, like, other data points that are interesting, too, in that the under-the-gun limper has 38 big blinds left. There's 30 big blinds in the pot. Uh, if I were to ask Danny about this hand in real time, um, you know, I, I would ask him for anything that could help sway us. Um, how long did the big blind take the call? How long did the under the gun player take the call? Where are the under the gun player stats? Do we have any information about anybody in this hand that might help us navigate appropriately? Um, I think if the four seed has a flush, they have a flush. I mean, I think that it's quite likely that they just jam the flop with flush draws. I mean, maybe not more than half the time, but they are just going to raise the flop sometimes with their flush draws, the short stacker. Um, yep. So I think that like, I'm not ultra worried about them. The player that I'm more worried about is a big blind with a 92 big blind stack, which is why like, how quickly did villain call this flop bet um, stuck in between us and the fish? Do we have any information about any hands that they've played historically? The problem is like the, the competing incentives is that like, if we bet, I don't think the, that the three seat. Uh, so most likely the reg in this hand is going to raise without a flush. I don't even know if they're going to raise with their flushes. Um, I think, they're going to raise with their nut flushes. That's that's the one that makes sense. How many nut flushes do they have that don't check raise the flop? I'm not sure. Because, um, I mean, like, if you have, say, eight, nine of diamonds here, and you're the three seed, and Danny bets, like, half pot on the turn, you're you're just not raising your nine high flush. It's too too dangerous, I think, right? It's just, it's just so much harder to get called by worse hands, and, like, you're just, you're really, like, narrowing Danny's in, in this case Danny's range down to like really really strong hands that are probably like mostly comprised of flushes um yeah so this is all incentive to bet you know this this is all this all makes betting more appealing because we don't want to get raised and the less often we get raised here when we have a set the better so I guess to make a long story short I, I initially thought checking was okay but i i think my preference would just be to bet the turn like half pot um the three seats forced to play pretty much straight up uh we can have a significant equity advantage versus the four seat um yeah that's all i got yeah i think that's just the only thing that would add to that is that you said that you'd expect the fish and the four seat to um check raise their flush draws on the flop a certain amount and that helps us discount um, you know, some flushes from, uh, or just flushes at all from the four seats range. I think the same is also true 
for the big blind in C3, the reg. I would expect that also to be the case that like they're just going to have lots of check raises on the flop, especially facing one third with flush draws. Um, and now that they haven't check raised the flop, I think we can probably disc start discounting um, flushes a little bit more once we get to this flush completing turn, just because like I, I think that so much of their check raising range is going to be comprised of flush draws or their bluff range that they check raise is going to be comprised of flush draws on the flop. So yeah, I would discount flushes um, from both players range. Not like, not totally. I'm not saying that they could never have flushes, but uh, I think it makes it less, I think not check raising the flop makes that much less likely. Yeah. And I think another thing that betting has going for it is the three seat may not even have a raising range on the turn because they don't have any bluffs. Like, like they just, they don't have offsuit like ace eight, you know. They're they're probably not calling the flop with offsuit ace jack with the ace of diamonds, right? So like they're kind of just kind of in a bind here as it relates to raising because like they just don't have any bluffs if they raise, and they're probably smart enough to be aware of that. Um, or maybe they're not. I don't know. <laughs> but it's something to think about here if you're if you're in the big blind and playing five hundred no limit. Um, so that makes betting even better. You know, if Villain just isn't going to have a raising range here because they just don't have any bluffs. Like, you'd kind of have to be crazy to just check raise, like, you know, 9 10 of spades on the turn after we bet three ways on a flush completing turn. Right. Yeah. 9 10 of spades, jack, like, jack 10 of spades or something like that. And I would expect those hands to check raise the flop too, like, at a certain, you know, those are pretty reasonable check raises on the flop. Um, the gut yeah. shots with the backdoor spades. So, I think we, I don't know, in my mind, I'd be discounting some of those hands as well. But yeah, I, I would be thinking exactly what you said if I was the villain in the big blind and probably like, I probably would not have a raising range um, facing a bet here, even with my flushes. Cool. So Danny, miss a bet on the turn. Now we got and the rest of the rest nine. of the hand is not super. Yeah, the rest of the hand just kind of is what it is. Like nine yeah. of spades on the river, villain bets two thirds and... Danny just calls, and that's, you know, what are you going to do? There's really yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing else to do, and Danny loses to the, to the rivered gut shot um, on the nine of spades. Not, All right, not too exciting of an ending. I think like the one thing that I'll add, like in terms of analysis to this end, is that had it had this been like a heads up plot, and you got and I got to the turn on the flush completing turn, I think. 8-8 eight, eight without a diamond is definitely a hand that I would choose to bet on the turn, just heads up versus a reg. Um, I think 8-8 eight, eight with a diamond might be a hand that I'd be, um, I'd think about like checking back more frequently, but even then I think I would, I would just, I would bet, um, I'd just bet my sets on the turn. But that is like one way that I sort of think about which hands to bet and check on the turn is like if my really strong hands on the turn that aren't flushes have a diamond in them, I, I'm probably going to be more likely to check them back, and if they don't have the diamond in them, I'm probably more likely to um, to bet them. But anyways, and the good, that, was the, that was the last thing I wanted to add. Yeah, and the good thing is about a set is like it has equity. You right, know? right. That, that's like the the bonus is that, you know, 20% of the time or so, eights will make a boat on the river, and that's that's really nice. If you bet the turn, you know, the pot would be much smaller, uh, and you get raised, you can just call and try to realize equity. So, all right. Now we're going to move to another hand submitted by the village. Stick around to see which one we chose after the break. <laughs> 
survived pre-flop boot camp. You've shot the fish in a barrel. Now, prepare yourself for the feeding frenzy. A comprehensive strategy for gutting every fish in your player pool. Data-driven hero bluffs, light call-downs, and perfect value bets that are maximally designed to hurt some feelings. Feeding Frenzy. Available now at ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Feeding Frenzy. Sort of in the woods again, kind of reminds me of the hand that we did last week facing a you know, facing an unexpected action from our opponent and then kind of putting us in a, in a weird spot. So, John, you want to start breaking down the second hand for the podcast listener and the YouTube watcher? Yeah. So this hand is another 500 NL hands from the village. It starts with middle position, player opening to two and a half big blinds. Um, Craig, who submitted this hand, three bets, from the cutoff with queen 10 of hearts and the middle position player calls. Um, I think Craig used uh, 3x, 3-bet sizing, which is totally fine. Um, and yeah, we get the 10-10-9 rainbow flop. Craig flops trip 10s with his queen 10. No heart on the flop. I assume villain 4 or the middle position player starts out by checking. And Craig goes with half pot. Um, I would generally be betting a third with range on paired boards, especially like middling paired boards. I think half pot could be a little bit more appropriate if it was like a low paired board, like a deuce deuce four or like, I don't know, like four, four, three type board where neither player is likely to have trips and you still retain like a really, really big overpaired advantage. Um, what do you think about half pot on 10, 10, nine? I think it's totally fine. I mean, yeah. I, I'm kind of a fan of using the larger sizing with our exact hand on this board. I think it's totally reasonable and yeah, can't really, can't really say very much about it. All right. So half pot gets called. Turn is the jack of hearts. So now the board is 10, 10, nine jack. we got trips with an open ender and we face a turn donk for half pots. Trying to see how much money the villain has behind before we we see what Craig does, but it, it all happens too fast. Um, villain's got seventy two big blinds behind. The board is ten ten nine jack with no flush draw. Villain donks half pot um, on this turn. Uh, I mean, I guess the the question is like, do we raise the turn? Should we raise the turn, or should we just call the turn? And I think it's, I think we should just call. I don't really think it's much of a, <laughs> I don't think it's much of a decision here. Um, yeah. Would you I, have, I, I mean, I would just call it this hand. Would you have hands that you would raise like King Queen? Or doubt it. Pocket Jacks or something? Like, what, I doubt what, what's it. the hand that you would raise? I guess you don't have any. No, I don't think so. Like, I think no. King, King Queen is just like going to call um, and then call pretty much whatever they bet on the river. And if I have a boat, I'm not raising because I, have a boat and there's going to be one bet left so like i can let villain jam the river and if they have something weird like ace queen or something then you know i think there's like no incentive to jamming so like i don't have any raises here i just have like pure call i think a lot of our analysis like on this spot would probably hinge um a lot on what type of player 
villain four, seat four, or the middle position player is. Like, if he's a fish, I think... I, I don't think we'll find a raise, like, against, like, either opponent type, but I think it will, like, it just helps us sort of have a slightly better understanding of what type of range um, the middle position player is. Like, if he's a fish, I think, like, this hand is really, really good. I think if he's a reg, like, we could, we should probably start thinking about, like, what types of bluffs and like value hands we have um uh, by like this hand is really good i was just i just meant like versus the fish we just we can just like close our eyes and call down and like we don't even really have to spend a lot of time thinking about thinking about their range yeah i mean I, we haven't really talked about like what this like whether you like this donk from mp or not um i think it's a little strange on this on this board and like would probably imagine that they're having a tough time uh managing like like a appropriate number of bluffs to value. Um, I, don't know. I think so. You want to talk I about mean, that? Yeah, we can talk about it. I think that like, I guess one, one thing that happens like when I'm playing poker or analyzing hands, it's like, I try to be as efficient as I can with cognitive energy. And like, I don't know what villain is donking the turn here with. Like, I, I just don't know. Um, it is hard for them to find bluffs. Like there aren't a lot of hands that like want to put money in on the turn. Um, so it is, it is odd that they find this um, likely that they find it with their higher equity hands. Uh, but uh, you know, we have a hand that's just like an easy call, you know? So like, that's, that's sort of what I mean by like not being efficient with cognitive energy is like, we have a hand that's just an easy call and like, we could try to range construct, but like the reality is we're not raising, we're not folding. So therefore we just call um, and then kind of see what happens on the river and take it from there. I think the, the river data point is, is much more interesting and will we'll start requiring us to start, you know, trying to figure out if villains, yeah, if villain does have any bluffs or if villain is capable of having any bluffs. Because I mean, the reality is like, villain could just donk half pot on the turn, the river's a deuce and they just check. Right. Yeah. And like investing a bunch of energy figuring out what their range is or what they have is just a total waste when that happens. So, yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're just always calling, regardless of what your conclusion about their range is. So, like, if you're always going to click the same button anyways, then just skip all the thinking that comes before that. Exactly. Exactly. There's a hand that I played in live poker where, like, I was checking out one of the Atlanta poker rooms um, with uh, a villager and just like played for an hour and a half. And a villain opened bit open big. I had eights. I called flop top set. They bet big on the flop. I called. They bet big on the turn. It was like a queen. I called, and then the river. They like bet pot and left themselves with thirty dollars or something. And I jammed, and they called. And afterwards, they asked me like, "What do you think I had?" And I just like, <laughs> in pure honesty, I said, "I I didn't." <laughs> Like I, I didn't set. Yeah. Like I ha I have top set. So like, I don't really, it didn't, I didn't care what you had, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. like, Oh, I just have a hand that like is going to play itself. And like, so why invest energy into trying to figure things out that probably won't matter? Um, yep. because anyway, the re the reality is like, we only have so much cognitive energy. We only have so much mental willpower. Like we can expand, why spend it in spots that are just slam dunk no brainers? No, yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay. And for what it's worth, the guy ended up having ace king and calling my thirty my raise. And with ace high, yeah. 
<laughs> wanted to see. Wanted to see what I had. Um, <laughs> he was in too deep. So going back to Craig's hand, the river is a deuce of diamonds. And villain now donk shoves all in. Yeah. Now it's time to start thinking about some stuff. <laughs> oh, man. This is a miserable, miserable spot. I mean, we have a great buff catcher in the sense that we block like all the really strong hands and strong or all the straights. Um, I don't know how much that matters in the spot. but I, I don't know. Um, I mean, on first glance, you're like, uh, like, how, what can you do? Like, how can I fold? <laughs> how, how can you fold? And I think that's probably like an okay glance, right? I do think too that like, I mean, you're gonna have aces, kings, and queens. Like your range is gonna have aces, kings, and queens. You're gonna have ace ten, king ten, queen ten. Probably queen. not ten seven suited, and king queen. Well, king queen. I'm I'm trying to go through the hands that are like in a spot here. Like, oh, I see. Okay. King king queen is just a slam dunk. Um, I think seven eight suited is a slam dunk. Um, aces kings and queens. What do you do with aces kings and queens? Uh, I mean, they're like very similar to this hand, which is pretty gross to say because this hand is like it has like the added properties of blocking full houses but again like i don't know how much that matters and like how much that matters in this situation um just because i don't know if mp is going to be able to come up with enough bluffs or any bluffs when this run out happens in a three bet pod and they take this line so like does it really matter like that we block value or like you know in that sense like what's the difference between queen 10 and aces and kings i i really don't know yeah i mean so we're calling with like are you three betting king queen off pure Yes. Okay, so you have 16 combos of that to call with. You have three, six, seven combos of boats. Um, two combos of Jack-10 suited, right? I know, one combo of Jack-10. Yeah, one combo of Jack-10 suited, two combos of... Um, or one combo of 10-9 suited. Yeah, here, combo counting on the river. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we got two boats. Can, can we I got two say, boats and 16 can I just, straights. I just say, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this queen 10. Like, I mean, uh, ace 10, I think, calls because ace 10 can beat queen 10 and king 10. So I think ace 10 is better than... Yeah, I think ace 10, ace 10 is probably a call. King 10, king 10, I don't know. I guess it's probably a call. I don't know. Queen 10, I don't know. I don't know anything anymore, John. <laughs> like these like these turn donks are exposing me um <laughs> here on Tactical Tuesday every week. Just like I, I I just don't know. Like this is like such a weird situation. Um you theoretically I like I, I don't think you can fold. Like I can't imagine us folding Queen 10 when you know, we have 18 combos of aces, kings, and queens. So actually, we have 16 straights. What do you think? I think the more we talk about it, the more it feels like this gets, this starts feeling like a fold. Um, unfortunately, we know the result of the hand as well. So I don't know how much of that is like affecting my my decision to fold here. But it's so hard to find, like assuming this guy is somewhat reasonable preflop, like 
and and on the flop when they call half pot. Like it's so hard to find bluff here. Yeah, maybe it's just a fold. Like yeah, like what what what's we what's a natural it. bluff or a reasonable bluff? Like I don't I even don't know. know. I can't even think of one. I, I don't know. <laughs> like eight nine. I mean, but I I don't know. Like ace queen off ace queen of ace queen of diamonds hearts yeah i mean it has to be like turning some hand that has like a reasonable amount of showdown into a bluff like i don't know if he flats a hand like eight six suited preflop like that's really wide all right yeah, it's, it's it's really really hard it's getting really really tough to find yeah <laughs> a, a, a bluff that like i would be i wouldn't be surprised to see yeah i'm I'm totally biased because I know the result of the hand and also just confused, but I, I think that like folding, yeah, just, I guess just fold. I don't know. Man, how crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, no, nah, it's just disgusting. Sorry, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. Sorry that you had to experience and live through this hand because it's just pretty gross. Yeah. Also, if you could submit, an easier hand to analyze next time we, do. <laughs> <laughs> we would appreciate it instead of making us look like foolish facing this turn donk and river jam yeah this is this is the one right like this is it's happened to us two weeks in a row this turn donk river jam we're gonna have to like go but like deep. in my hand like i could like for, okay in my hand like i knew for a fact that villain was a reg um because we had the hut sets out on him also like there were natural bluffs for him to have on the on the turn and also the river where like it's like okay we can justify calling down with a hand you know sort of the equivalent of like queen 10 where like a very very strong bluff catcher um whereas like in this spot like i just don't know what what they're repping with like a, the turn donk and 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 river bomb that's 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 a bluff um not saying that i'd i'd be able to fold queen 10 in game like i don't think i would be able to i think i would just look at the queen and be like okay this this card is this combo of 10x is just too strong to fold so i'm gonna call we beat the um, 10 8 of diamonds <laughs> that's it <laughs> like the one cook the one 10 that is worse than ours is the 10 8 of diamonds like right right i don't know maybe ace 10 and king 10 are folds too god like i don't know this is how we're, we're going to end this Tactical Tuesday just saying, uh, I, I don't know. Um, fold all the hands that are worse than what Villain actually has. That's that's the good plan here on the river. Um, Craig does call. Villain has the 7-8 of diamonds, which I think makes makes sense. Um, it's an easy... You know, it's an easy one for Villain to find on the turn, and we've said it many times. Like These like weird things, they're... they're much more easily found when you've got it than when you don't. Yeah, I think that's like completely the case here, where it's just it's super easy to see when you have value, and it's or it's super easy to take this line and very comfortable to take this line when you have value. But like, how many people take? How many people bluff like this in, in three of that pots? Like, probably yeah, got like very few to none. Sevens or eights that you're just like, oh, I turned it jack. No, with sevens and eights, you're thinking like, oh, I can have the best hand. Like I yeah, have a showdown yeah. value and I right, have right, actual right. equity. Like you would right. just never lead. So like yeah. what hand leads the turn? That's the, <laughs> I can't think of any reasonable hand that leads the turn that is not a strong hand well, or that leads the turn and follows up with like the river jam. I mean, because they're jamming into like what could easily be just the nuts, you know? <laughs> We have quads, boats, straights, like every single value hand here. Like, are we even folding aces? You know, like, yeah. Um, 
this villain doesn't think we're folding aces kings what did you think i had this guy doesn't care <laughs> it doesn't care uh all right so that'll do it for this episode of tactical tuesday please god just if somebody out there is torturing us by donking into us on the turn just cut it out for a week give us a break um and with that said any parting words see you next week see you next week thanks for listening to chasing poker greatness you can subscribe on apple podcasts or on your favorite podcast app go to chasingpokergreatness.com to get the newsletter join the greatness village community book a coaching session or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses follow the show on twitter at cpg podcast